This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to the Change Room Podcast, a whiff of well-being with Minnie and Matt. Okay, Minnie. Well, we've interviewed each other and done a bit of learning. I've got to say, I was far more interesting than you. <laughs> Let's just be serious. Just for so why wouldn't I? <laughs> but I reckon let's start interviewing some real guests now. Who do you reckon we start with? What about my old mate, Brad Freddy Fittler? Obviously, his reputation speaks for itself in the sport of rugby league, but I reckon the man behind the easygoing persona might surprise a few people. <laughs> That's a cracker. How good was Freddie? He just shared some absolute gold. And I was really astounded, actually, about his insight and knowledge in that area. So... It's going to be fantastic. But before we launch into it, Minnie, I just want to ask our listeners just to make sure that they refer a friend or, or mate into the podcast. Drop a review in. That'll be great to get their feel on what we're doing. Yeah, great stuff, Matty. Mate, now let's step into the change room and get our first look at a whiff of well-being with Brad Freddie Fittler. Today on the Change Room podcast with Minnie and Matt, we have a legend, Maddie. Uh, a legend? Rug- yeah. Rugby League Hall of Famer and great mate of mine, Brad Filler. I played many NRL games with Freddie. Oh, God. You're going to stare into each other's eyes <laughs> all day, aren't you? My God, this is going to be boring. One of the best. Uh, yeah, look, he debuted in 1989 as a 16-year-old. Um, amazing. Played 336 games, two premierships, one with the Panthers and one with the Roosters as captain. Uh, one of the great captains, actually, for his club, state and country on many occasions. Uh, now a respected Channel 9 commentator and New South Wales Blues coach, which brought the team back to winning and the winning circle last two years and going for a third this year. Uh, but we're not going to talk mainly about footy today, Fred. Uh, we're going to dive into your life and, and your well-being tips and, and tools that you um, incorporate into your life now. And firstly, we always ask the same question to um, our, our guys that come on, our guests that come on. What's the best thing you've done today so far to boost your health and personal state? Made my bed. Excellent. Give us a little bit of background on that. It's the best. I, I went there a long time where Marie, she wasn't working. Anyway, like you're going to bed a lot of the time without your bed being made. And yeah. actually someone flicked me a, a YouTube clip of... Uh, Admiral, I think I've seen it. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Admiral, Admiral. I'll look yeah. it up for you, Freddie. But yeah, make your bed. Make your bed. He's, he's got a great speech on. Uh, he went back to his old college and spoke about uh, how you can impact on. You know, if everyone has a good positive impact on ten people, and he speaks about the difference that could make worldwide, and it always reverts back to your first action of the day. And that's why it's so important in the army to make your bed and make your bed well and just set you on a path of ticking some good boxes off. And so I've made my bed every day ever since. That was years ago when I saw the YouTube clip. And it's Admiral it's Will- William McRaven, mate. William McRaven, that's it. Admiral yeah. William McRaven. And yep. He tells a great story just about... Uh, their platoon in the Marines, I think it was the Marines, and, you know, there were some little dudes there, but uh, they were called the little flippers, but they were great swimmers and, you know, how they worked together and the whole thing's about working together and, um, you know, having a, a bigger purpose and all that, but it always comes back to making your bed and 
such an easy way to start the day and such a great way to kick off the day. Yeah, I love it. It kind of means that you get into a well-made bed at night as well, doesn't it? You have a bad day, that's it. That's the back end of it. And you've had a crap day and, you you know, you're stinking and you're, you know, you're thinking about a lot. You go upstairs and you're, you're a beautiful made bed. Happy days. That's a great way to finish the day. Happy days. Oh, absolutely. The best thing you can do. Freddie, one of the things that Anthony just alluded to was your long career as a footy player. And now you're, you know, you're coaching at the, the most elite level in, in the sport that we've been involved in, rugby league. And I, I guess that gives you the opportunity to look retrospectively over how athletes and the people that participate in the game have changed in their approach. If, if I asked you to really single out a few things there, what, what do you see as the key changes in the, in the way that not so much the games play, but the way that the people prepare themselves for the game and their conduct around the game? Well, without a doubt, you know, we've taken a lot of information over the last 30 years. You know, there's been a lot of study into well-being and health and um, getting, I suppose, you know, optimum performance. It's become such a big market worldwide, you know, uh, whether it's playing NRL, Olympics, NFL, just the huge money that's involved just encourages, you know, a lot of people to put study into it. So I think learning learning that side's been very interesting. And it's been the other side, the brain, the mind. Uh, I think some coaches have the ability to go down that path and uh, get the most out of that. And I think while other coaches tend not to because they either don't back themselves or don't know enough about it. So the two sides of it, there's the physical side, which we've just been overwhelmed with information and uh, data and all that sort of stuff. And then there's the mental side where, you know, I think that a lot comes down to a uh, coach's belief in mm. how big a role that plays and then also a belief in how they think they can get the best out of the player. At the end of the day, it always comes down to getting the right people in the room. That's most probably the greatest ability of a club. And that way, you know, once you get the right people in the room, it's then the challenges become a lot easier. I'll let Minnie um, prompt you on the physical side of things, but when when you look at the the preparation of the mind, Freddie, what are your key beliefs in that area? Well, you need to empty the mind. There's periods, I think, during the week where you fill the mind and you you know you tease it, and you you know you then also do stuff uh, repetitiously. So there's that part of the brain that. Uh, sort of fulfilled, I, th- I think. And my theory is by the end of the week, by game day, you empty the mind, that you can walk out onto a field and you're not thinking at all. You know the stuff where you want to do, you know where you want to get the ball to, but by the time they blow the whistle, you have the ability to be free, to have nothing on your mind. And then there's periods during the game where it stops where you might be able to trigger some information off each other and then once the whistle blows again, to be able to be full instinct. That's the key. So, Freddie, they tell us that we have about sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. How do yeah. I empty? I need to empty my mind, mate. How, how do you do that? Practice. You know, you've got to practice. Well, meditation. Uh, there's, you know, there's 
Well, you bought, you, bought, you bought the mobile phone things, you know, in the camp or out yeah. of camp, you know what I mean? That's one big distraction, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they're torture. And mobile phones are the absolute opposite to what you need. You know, they, they're a total distraction and actually teach your brain to be distracted. Mm. Uh, you know, and if you start investing in social media and your identity in social media, then that takes you so far away from being able to empty your brain and live in the moment. It's... When that's a whole, that, you know, yeah. that's a whole other podcast. Whether you want to yeah. <laughs> invest much in phones, but governments are doing such a bad job at trying to compete with what they're putting onto phones, and uh, you know, the government's sort of saying, "Well, that's just too hard." The facts are that you know, people are taking more happy pills than ever. People are killing themselves more readily. Um, you know, we live in the greatest place on the world, but our levels of anxiety and all that are just through mm. the roof. So, you know, governments are just, whether they don't mind us being anxious because it's easier to control us or uh, they're just saying, you know what, that's a bit too hard at the moment. We might have to look at that somewhere further down where there's more people doing damage to themselves and we're taking more pharmaceutical drugs or, you know, it's tragic. What did you you find when you you and the boys set that standard in the in the New South Wales Blues camp? What did you find when they left their phone back in their hotel room and you went out and they interacted with each other? What what did you find with the playing group? You find bus trips are more fun. Oh, you love bus trips. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like when I go back over my greatest moments, you know, whether it's playing for Australia and England or Origin or Mm. you know, going up to the Ezron with the Roosters yeah, yeah, or back yeah. at Penrith, getting a bus trip into Sydney, playing Euchre at the back and everything revolved around like bus trips or things like that, you know, like lunchrooms or bus trips. And, mm. you know, they're, they're, that's the stuff that, uh, you know, you don't get any more at all is, um, you know, what happened on those bus trips. And I find when you get rid of phones, your bus trips are a lot more fun. And, you know, that's a really big boost to your day, I think. Um, you sort of have to ask the players because I haven't been on social media and that sort of stuff for ages. So, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not that aware of uh, the difference. But I did ask Matt Pryor. And Matt yeah. Pryor came in as a 30-year-old man. Mm. And, you know, he was, like everyone, pretty invested in social media. And, and he spoke to me two days after and just said he couldn't believe the stress he went through and how different it was without your phone. And, and that, that was a real eye opener coming from a man. Like he was a, you know, he was a man. Mm. That's when I realized it's the right thing to do was when I spoke to Matt Pryor about uh, his situation. Phone, yeah, phones are they're, they're tragic. Mm. It's very interesting, Freddie, because, you know, we have a, we have a mentor called Ali Walker on the change room and she talks about human connection and how it is one, one of the biggest impactors on longevity, people living longer. <laughs> And health. And, yeah. and health, and I guess that's what phones do is, is they interrupt that human connection, don't they? Totally, totally. What's your show with Marie? My my partner's Greek, and if you go over the whole world, the the people who are renowned to live the longest, there's a lot of islands in Greece, yeah. Yeah. and they go went over and they saw their lifestyle, and you got this 97 year old bloke, he's sort of pushing a hose through a bit of bit of a farm area. At 10 o'clock, he's going down having an ice cream, smoking a dart, trying yeah. to crack onto the shop owner. <laughs> and, you know, and every Friday they go down and they have a bit of a dance and that in, the bit in their little community. It was like, you know, 
That, that is just that awesome. Is, yeah. That is we one study eat. that's been done, Fred, that uh, on these communities that are living 90s, 100s, and one thing that's come back in, in all of them is the, that human connection and the ability to uh, go down and have a dance or, you know, get mm. uh, lots of food and, and get your, your village around or your family around and have a laugh. Ha- have a laugh. God, we've come to so serious, you know. Have, yeah. have a laugh. A laugh's so important. And, yeah, I'm trying, I lost the question. What was the question? The question was? Well, you know what, I'll ask you another one. I've, I've had the opportunity over the last six years, Fred, to, to sort of spend a bit of time around you. And obviously it's, you know, when, when someone's healthy or leads a healthy lifestyle, you don't have to go and ask them, are you leading a healthy lifestyle? Mm. It tends to radiate out of them. And with pushing humility aside, mate, it certainly, I can tell that you do that. You know, what was the impetus behind that? And what are your key things behind leading that healthy lifestyle? Well, if I go back to when I was 18, so when I was 18, when I, where I grew up, Warrington, and we indulged, okay? So when I, when I got to about 18, I, I played for Australia and did all that, and I ended up getting a uh, dermatitis. So I get it on my face. And mm. it's been one of those things that's been with me for my whole life. And it's the one thing that I sort of hate, but it's the one thing that's always kept me on a path where, well, I know it's up. It sort of says that I've, my lifestyle's a bit too fast at the moment or, you know, it gives you a really good idea and, one thing I've worked out is I'm sort of getting tuned with my body. You know, I don't I don't let it hold me back from too much, but it's also a really good sort of thermostat for me, and that's allowed me to have a lot better gauge on my health and fitness. Um, these days I don't train that much. I don't, you know, I don't train too hard. But I have a little theory. I've got this sort of format I've used for a long time now. It's called Best, where every day I do some breathing, uh, my energy. And that's more about hydration. I'm a big believer in sleep. And yep. then the last one is talking and getting rid of your telephone. So I always loved, um, what are they called? You know, when you've got the letters and the, yep. they're not called anagrams, they're called uh, acronyms. Yep. yep. I always loved acronyms when I was in school, when I, you know, with my study and that. I, I thought it was uh, an easy way to, you know, regurgitate info. So, that's my acronym. I live every day. So I do breathing exercises. I make sure I'm hydrated. Uh, I'm a big believer in sleep, and that starts with the bed, making the bed and uh, going to bed at a good time and getting good sleep. And the last one's talking. I, you know, I'm, I don't do social media, and I just make sure I'm a, I love talking you know, to people. I just you know, think it's uh, the lost art. I wish I'd yeah. throw another letter on the end, listening. I, you know, that's something over as I get older. I try to be a good listener. Um, there's, a, there's a good book, um, The Seven Habits book. Have you read that? You would have read that. Yeah. And in that, they talk about emphatic listening. You know, just the ability just to be able to actually stop thinking and just listen. And, you know, you sort of tend to, while people are talking, you tend to think about your answers and all that sort of stuff. So that's a really tough one. So that's my sort of, that's the one I've really over the next, I don't know, Till I die, try I to be like a great it. listener. Yeah, I like it. And you mentioned something, obviously, listening to other people, but listening to your own body too, which, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about it, most people don't do that. So, you know, if, if your body's compromised and you sit there and you just listen or you just feel what's going on, you know that there's something's out of balance and hopefully you can try and find that rebalance. Fred, you've always been a guy that's 
thought outside the box, whether it's playing, coaching, or in your personal life? Like, where does where does that come from? Yeah, I don't know. I never thought like that. You know, a lot of people say that to me, but it doesn't feel like I think that way. I mean, when I finished coaching, many I read a lot. That was a pretty uh, stressful time, uh, 2009. You know, it was for you too. We had some real moments, you know, our friendship and, uh, you know, your, you playing and my coaching and what we're getting out of it. I remember yeah. it was a really stressful time and I, I came out of that and I did a lot of reading and it started with, it didn't, it started with that book, um, uh, Homo Sapiens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, what I got out of that was that, you know, we're still here because we like working together. All right, that's that connection thing you're talking about. And yep. the other one was we had the ability to plan for the future. So the other things I got out of that book. And mm. so pretty much it just set me on a bit of a path of just like, you know, listening, not just about, um, you know, the data and the actual physical things, but it went down the spiritual side and, you know, or just listened to a lot of different versions and found a lot of them had just really good things. I'm not sort of... Um, uh, invested totally in one type of belief. Um, but I found the other uh, book I read was um, uh, the Eckhart Tolle book. The and Power of the, Now. Yeah. And I reckon he explains it better than anyone. And coming out of that stressful time, that was the book that actually slowed me up a little bit. And I think every, I think everyone should have to follow here that belief to a degree you know we should start that in schools with young kids just yeah he would he's uh yeah he explained it better than i think anyone else has explained it so i guess the thing with with that freddie is, is a lot of people see that a little bit woo woo right well it was i think it's starting to become a lot more mainstream now and as as someone who undoubtedly likes to influence people in a positive way. That's why you know, that's how you coach, and I, I believe that's why you do what you do in the media as well. Is so, you know, how do you share that in a way that doesn't, you know, have people leaning back away from it, but rather than leaning in and understanding that it is yeah. this is beneficial to you. You just learn that other people's opinions aren't that important, especially when they're sort of sitting there being judgmental of you. And some people are really kind to you. Most of my life, people have been very kind. So, you know, I don't totally neglect what people say and it's nearly impossible to do that. But, And I worked out most of the stuff that I try to incorporate is pretty much fun. Mm. You know, it's, it's you know, I try to make it fun. And if I found it fun, there's normally something in everyone else that will find it a bit fun somewhere along the line. So, you know, I try to make things as fun as possible but keeping an edge and a purpose to what we do. Yeah, a lot of the other stuff I try to – I started as fun and then if people want to invest in it a bit more, you know, whether it's uh, the yoga, the breathing, the the, the, the no shoes, the, the anything. Well, yeah, you know, that's, you know? that's one thing I was going to bring up in – obviously in your camp you brought in the yoga most mornings and, and the juices, the healthy breakfast, but then the, the grounding, the barefoot on, on, mm. on the ground, which – Matty just mentioned woo-woo was 10 years ago, but now it's that, that's proven in science to, you know, to decrease stress and, and promote healing. Uh, tell us the story around, I think it was a former coach yours in the 90s used to say, get your shoes off and feel the grass underneath your yeah, feet. Yeah. And- well, Matty didn't know Ron Willie. Like, Ron Willie was, yeah. you know, he was a, and he was part of that old school where, you know, it was funny, like, he, 
there was a session every week and it was the last session and what he'd do at the end of the session, he'd say, right, now everyone take your shoes off, stand under the goalpost, take your shoes off and do a full lap around the field and everyone would giggle. And, you know, yeah, back in those days, you know, you had Peter Kelly, Matt Goodwin, Roy Simmons, you know, you're talking about like, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> four men who were, you know, like, no oh, men. And now they'd have a giggle and then, you know, by 20 metres, we'd have a bit of a laugh. And I was only a kid then, you know, that was only, I was 17. And, but the one thing I do remember is how good it felt. You know, after you've run around, you've taken your boots off and then you've actually gone around and you've talked to your mates and you've, your feet are sinking into the ground. That's what he used to say. He'd go, come on, get your shoes off. Let the minerals soak up through the soles yeah. of your feet. <laughs> and everyone go, you're mad. He actually, yeah. he actually yeah. ended up going mad, Ronnie. Yeah. He actually yeah. ended up living on the – at the end of his life, he, I think he spent a bit of time on the street because yeah. he got a bit of dementia. And So I'm not quite yeah. sure. So, But yeah. I know he got a bit of dementia. But And as soon as he ever did that, like I just said, well, that, that was in me for life. And I've always been a bit of a no-shoes sort of person and all that sort of stuff. And, and it was funny when I started doing it in Origin, I used to do it with all the kids in the pathways and, and they thought I was mad as well. You know, these 16-year-old yeah. kids are – Tell them yeah. to get their shoes off and go for a walk and all that. And but I could see actually the reaction. You know, they were giggling and laughing and you know walking around as a team and enjoying the moment. And then when I did in Origin, his name's I think Martin Zucker. I think he's sort of the leader of the uh, the earthing. Yeah. And he rang me. We had a we had a, like a FaceTime for about a couple of hours and yeah, right. told me about his experience and spoke about how, you know, then the science that came into it and, you know, the studies are pretty convincing. Like it's sort of, you know, it's hard to deny that there's benefit, you know, in getting rid of the rubber and yep. being connected to the earth. So, you know, I don't push it to the point where I sort of leave it up to people. If they like it and they want to go further, then I'll just sort of give them some information on it. But I make sure every day that we just go through processes of, you know, getting in the ocean, walking on the grass, all that sort of stuff, because I just know there's benefit. There just is. I think as a kid, you know, if you think about your best times, you're running around barefoot. Mm. But the science behind it actually is, is that we only get energy from one source, and that's the sun. And we get it three ways. Obviously, one through direct sunlight on our face and through our eyes, mm. through frozen sunlight, which is what that's what we eat. You know, that's what plants and other beasts are. That they're, they're, they're yeah. frozen sunlight. The other way is absorbing it through the through the through the planet. So through our feet. I don't think our ancestors walked around with shoes and thongs on. Oh, no, I can't sure. remember. I can't remember seeing many photos of pictures <laughs> in caves and out of shoes. People with shoes on. Yeah, that's true. The other yeah. interesting one you spoke about is the sun gazing. And I've yeah. sort of, I've sort of, I've read about that, and you know, I do it every now and then. I live in a really nice place, so we get a really beautiful view, and that's interesting. The sun gazing, where they, you know, early morning or late afternoon, get the sun right through your eyes, and most people yeah. feel, I think, have an idea that it uh, is a negative. You know, it's just important what time you do it. I think just to give it a full blast. Yeah, that near and far infrared is important for the body's healing as well. I've, I've got a red light panel in, in at my house as well, so if I, I don't right, get afternoon right. sun, then I just flick that on for 10 to 15 minutes. And, again, that's proven as well to optimise hormones and, and decrease you know, stress and inflammation. So, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, a big one, in the inflammation. That's a lot of what I get. Huge. I get a lot of skin problems, so a lot of that's inflammation. So it's about working out how to just you know get your body sorted and all that. 
This sort of ties into a question that we got for you, Freddie, because one of the people that you got into the Blues camp who talks about winning the morning, talks about earthing and talks about getting sun on your face is a guy called Nam Baldwin. How did you stumble across Nam and, and what benefits did you see him bring to your team? I don't know how I stumbled across him. Uh, I just remembered either read something or saw something. Uh, I'm not sure if he was with the Roosters at the time when I first spoke to him. Just uh, heard what he was doing, you know, and all that extra stuff, just being able to uh, get the players just something, you know, something intriguing, something interesting. And Nam's great, you know. He presents so well and and the proof's in the pudding, you know. He he does it all with you and, you know, he said it benefits how fit and healthy he is. And then, but on the other side, it's hard, you know, when you think about holding your breath and doing that sort of stuff because – it's not a it's not a brute thing. It's not like where you can exert. It's about mm. staying yeah. calm, and that's what I talk about in in footy. Is at the end of the day, game day, I need them to be clear and calm, and that's exactly what Nam does. You know, and all those exercises underwater, and and the good thing about doing some of that breath stuff, that actually there's there's immediate results. You know, I've been doing that Wim Hof thing lately, just yeah. you know doing those breathing things and. You know, instantly there's, you know, you can go from 30 seconds to a minute and a half to three minutes and, you know, like if you just – but you can't push it. You know, you got to – it's the opposite. You can't push. you got to yep. relax. And How are you going with a cold chow then, mate? There was many and all those blokes at the Roosters that got me doing cold chows. I was just freaking out. By the time I got home, I thought, I need I need something. So I started them in 2008, cold chows. Yeah, still doing them. Love them. Yeah, same. Great. Very, I love it. <laughs> Marie says that uh, yeah. she's a bit nervous sometimes. They're that quick. She's wondering if any soaps involved, but <laughs> oh, you're in trouble now, mate. Did she come? What the hell? That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Origins um, later this year, Fred, and you're obviously doing a lot of planning now. Do you have any other? Uh, little tips or tools that you can offer the boys this year or you want to divulge anything? We don't get much time this year because we normally get a bit of an opportunity either during the wee year or the start yeah. of the season. So that's you know, that's where we sort of tease them with whether it's NAM or we do something. This year's not going to be much opportunity to go from a grand final to straight into it. So I didn't do my bike ride this year. That's something that's pretty important to me where mm-hmm. um, we went out to Orange last week, Orange, Dubbo, Maitland, Mudgee. And we're going to go down to Griffith in a couple of weeks. Hogs for Homeless, you started that yeah. uh, a long time ago now and it's just grown every year. But tell us about the feeling of riding and getting out of these communities and having a bit of fun. It's all exactly what you're talking about. You know? It's all that connection. We had Wingy come out last week. Who, had you know, go. It was good. You know, yeah. I think he came up there at one stage where we were out there doing drills and stuff and I sort of said to him, like I said, oh, mate, you've got to go and take them for 20 minutes. He went, ooh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but at the end of it, he kind of goes, that was unreal, you know, like we're yeah. out there passing a ball and, and uh, you know, so getting to do that, you know, that comes with the job. So if I didn't have yeah. that job, I mostly wouldn't be able to do that. So that's something I, I make sure that's part of the job that we mm-hmm. get out and go to as many places as we can and we try to give every kid a footy and, so I know yeah. how much footy meant to me as a kid. You know, it was a real good tool with your mates to once again get connected. And then we take oh, – there's a whole heap of blokes that go out on bikes and you know, bikes are a great thing. Just, you know, some people surf, some ride bikes. So, you know, yeah. 
just a nice outlet. It's comfortable. It's you know you, you get a buzz out of it. And New South Wales country is looking pretty beautiful at the moment after the rain. So that's one thing. The last five years I've been riding around has been dirt, mm. and uh, our last ride was just you know grass up to your eyeballs. Sometimes it was beautiful. So yeah, um, I'm not sure what the rules are with COVID at the moment and stuff like that. It's been a bit tricky, but it's a really good time to get in your car and take the kids out because it's never looked better. So and they need it, and I think we need it. An extension of that, Freddie, would be obviously the observation that you moved from the city out to a an area where you had some countryside around you, and was it was that decision based on you know the health of your family and increasing the health of your family, or just something that you just wanted to do? Uh, well, we lived in the city for so long. We had our kids in the city, so I think I spent about seven years in the rocks, and then did a bit in the eastern suburbs, and then another three or four at, like, Rushcutters Bay. So we'd had a fair bit of the city. The city was getting a bit – I think it was changing a little bit. I think in general, you know, it's just – I don't know, it sort of lost its shine a little bit, I thought. And a friend of ours went to look at a house and Marie and I went out to look at it and goes, this would, be a, this would be a nice way to live. I'd like to say it was my decision, but, of course, it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we went looking at a few different areas and, uh, yeah, the place we got – We've done a lot of work on it. Just incredible. We still live in a, mate, it's a three-bedroom house with one bathroom. That's what we live in, and but it's just a beautiful block of land. We've got a, a Buddhist temple behind us that sits on a hill that lights up every night, so we get to see that every night. That's pretty awesome. What about Demi and Zach when you've moved to um, some acreage? Did you find a, a change in their demeanour? You know, you, you've got animals around as well, which I think mm. is fantastic for all of us. Um, have you found that? At first it was really good, but I think lives get a bit more complicated. Like my young bloke's 14. When I was 14, I didn't want to sit on a farm. I wanted to go mad. You yeah. know? I, was, I was out every day and, well, you know, you're running amok and you come home when the streetlights come on. So I feel a bit for my young bloke, and, but at the moment he's, he's, he's boarding now. So I think when he, by the time he gets home, he's pretty tired. They work pretty hard at the school he's at. So uh, it works great for him now. I don't think it was great for him, say, two years ago. I didn't think it was that good for him. And my daughter loves being home. You know, mm. she loves being home. She takes advantage. It's big enough where you can walk around it and use it for training and all that. So, you know, we can do everything we want here. We used to do it at Rush Cutters in the park, which was a beautiful park. It was mm. nice to get out there and talk to everyone. But yeah, it's good living on, on in space. Well, about I don't, the know, if I, I don't know if I could have done it when I was 25, many, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it may be a time and a place, but it's yeah, it's a great way to live. Yeah, yeah, fresh air, yeah, nature. Gardens, around, man. But... I don't know what it's about. Gardens, you, you fall in love with gardens and then yeah. weeds, weeds, mate. You know, how to how to get on top of weeds? Have you got any tips for us there? I certainly need them. You need good help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need oh, a weed herb. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll tell you, like years ago, my back went from weeding. <laughs> it's like a little muscle there. That if I do a bit too yeah. much weeding or, you know, I drive too much or something, my back sort of goes, you know. And yeah. Yeah, you need you need a weeder. Yeah. Right. And my kids, I've, I've, I've told them I've given them 30 bucks an hour and it still won't get them weeding. They won't. <laughs> What's your address, mate? I'm on the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
you offer a lot of people, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, you know, I know I'd love the work, you know, and no one likes weeding. What about, do you have a veggie patch or a garden there? Or what, what about your diet now, Fred? I know you experienced with um, some, some different types of uh, diets mm. through your career and your life. What, what does it look like now? When I played, we did, you know, I used to lot of, do a lot of that stuff for discipline. Uh, you remember I'd go with our bread for a couple yeah. of months or go with our dairy for a couple of months or go with our sweets for a couple of months. Or yep. That was just all around discipline and just keeping yourself on the edge. Mm. Um, you know, keeping a bit of fire in the belly. Uh, I went through two years ago, I did vegan for a year. That was really tough. Yep. A lot of it's now to do with my skin, just trying to get on top of that and making sure. How'd you uh, feel? Um, vegan sharp. You know, I was clear. Food goes through too quickly, though. I was, man, I was up two, three times a night sometimes, going to the toilet, even doing the heavy stuff. Like normally, you know, once a day is pretty sort of regular, but, you know, you find yourself going a couple. <laughs> Maurice come out and just gone what the fuck <laughs> we're talking shit yeah. we're talking stills actually did a stool <laughs> does she want to come in and join in it was funny I had to do a stool test the other day <laughs> that was hilarious but I always like also used to have a bit of a midday sleep you know I loved yep. a little kip but I found when I was on when I was uh, on that diet, man, my eyes wouldn't close. They literally wouldn't close. Like I was just, I sort of had that much energy. But I, and then I lost too much weight. So people thought I was a junkie. You know, then my whole life became about, oh, you know, why you lost so much weight? Yeah, I'm a vegan. Yeah. Oh, and then you start talking about food. It was like got a bit overwhelming. So I sort of made sure I eat. 80% veggie these days. Yeah, you know, I don't eat that much red meat. I don't know really why, but I do remember when I, when I did go vegan, it was, it was very good for my skin. So um, I tend to believe red meat doesn't agree with me that much. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, everyone's very individualised. You can't put uh, yeah. a one-size-fits-all approach to diet, uh, I believe. So everyone's completely no, different, the way they know, digest their own food. And it's interesting, very interesting. Like you said, I know. I think you do the other, the opposite, don't you? Yeah. No, well, to, to be honest, I I'm a bit of a mixture of both. But you now I put my emphasis on the quality of my produce. So if I'm eating animal products and it's got to be pasture raised, uh, then right. yeah, predominantly on my plate is is plant foods. Uh, but with a yeah. you know a palm sized bit of protein at, at in mm. the evening. Uh, through the day, I either intermittent fast or have a salad. So, you know, I, I don't eat nowhere near as much as I was when I was playing, Fred. You know, I'm, I'm a lean guy anyway, mm. so I have to eat heaps and push heavy weights to try and get muscle bulk on myself for contact. But um, nowadays, I don't need to do that. So I sit at about 83, 84 kilo now. And, yeah, you know, intermittent fast daily and, and, and good quality produce is, is my, my aim. Yeah, I think uh, the fasting thing's interesting. I like- any time you give your body a break from anything is a good thing. You know, resting's always good. Yeah. Know, people are sort of so resentful on rest. We've watched so many yeah. of those motivational videos, you know, getting most out of the day. You know, like just being out of rest is such an art. Well, Matty, you talk about, you know, a bit of, bit of stress plus rest equals growth, doesn't it? You know, and people mm. have probably oh, left yeah. the, the rest behind. Yeah, you, you need stress without a doubt. You need challenges and you need to yeah. drive and... Yeah, you know, that's 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 good. But you're right. You, I never avoid 
just being able to just, you know, I'll sit all the time, you know, just turn everything yeah. off. And yeah. I get a lot of rest when I'm in the car. I just blank everything mm. out. Yeah. I can do hours, you know. I can, there's a time where I couldn't do five minutes, but I can now go. If I drive to Canberra, I'll do it totally. Just no yeah. noise, no music, no. Yeah, alone time. Oh, it's gold, you know. By the end of it, you go, well, you know what? I know what I need to do, you know, because mm. you've thought that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you sort of go through a filing system. You go, bang, I know what I need to do. So, yeah, I love it. I, I sort of, I like car time. So, in in quenching that curious mind of your, yours, Freddie, there's two things I want to ask is, is that obviously the way that you're going to prepare your the athletes and the footy team you've got it's not going to be the same way you did it last year. I'm sure you're going to take some stuff forward, but you're going to have some new approach. In what areas is the, are you are you going to adapt things forward? Uh, well, this is going to be different from the point of view of the time of year. So I reckon there's, there's something in food. Now, normally we play in the middle of winter. So, you know, I think food's something that's something we've put a lot of emphasis on. We have uh, sort of chefs come in, which is all quite economical. It sounds like it's... It would cost a fortune, but it's all quite economical. We have we have a chef come in and we uh, we all sit down and eat breakfast together. That's something we do every day with those other things that we do of a morning. Yeah. Uh, so I think food's definitely something that we'll put a focus on. Uh, it's also you know the other things rest. You know a lot of Better people come off week footy, yeah, absolutely coming off the end of a season. So 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 they're going to be key things you do there in the rest area. You're going to have you know certain recovery. Yeah. Processes. Well, we'll start in bed. I'll start looking into different things now. Like I said, I, with that Martin Zucker, when I spoke to him, he ended up sending me over like a uh, an earthing mat. Uh, and there's all different things like that, which players sometimes get into, or you know. Mm. Uh, but you know, there's just you know, we're just triangles. One of my sponsors at the moment is ResMed, and you know, I I rarely sort of do you know sort of sponsorship stuff. Anymore, you know, because I don't believe in a lot of things. A lot of it's junk, you yeah. know. It's a, just an awesome company. You know, they're, they, they're in, involved in sleeping. And, you know, they, they invented sleep apnea machines and, um, you know, so they've got a really, it's a real positive product. And, Do you um, track your sleep, Freddie? I don't track it, but, mate, I'm a good sleeper. Yeah. I've got a bit of a routine yeah. uh, as important. with the making of the bed and all that. Uh, but my life's... Monday to Wednesday, I'm in bed at 9.30. But then, you know, Thursday, Friday, I already go and work, so I don't get home until 10.30, 11, and you've got to wind yeah, down yeah. and all that. So you've got to be able to adapt. But, yeah, I, sleep is, you know, it's funny, my partner, Marie, she can, you know, she can do without it, you know, and just plough on while I'm, my days are around yeah, sleep. Yeah. I just make sure there's always sleep there. You talked about your work, Freddie, and we, we, we've obviously focused you in on on your your role as Origin coach. But what about your work in the media? You know, how, how do you um, frame that in your life as far as the importance of it, and and you know how seriously do you take that? Oh, very serious. You know, like a player, I make sure I'm fully prepared. I, you know, we get fed a lot of information, and I've got video analysis stuff that I can look at. So. I'd hate to ever think someone thinks I took commentary for granted because, you know, let's face it, it's not a hard job. You know, if I left tomorrow, there'd be 20,000 blokes lining up to do my job. Mm. So, you know, I'd never, ever take it for granted. And, you know, the real key for me is, 
you know, the game's fun. In amongst trying to sort of give some messages sometimes or, you know, in whether it's analysis or whatever or um, it's fun, you know, I refuse to let anyone think that when I go to work that it's hard. Murray's got a cafe. That's hard. Yeah, you know, yeah. running, running a shop's hard. Me going to Bankwest Stadium and sitting there watching a game of footy, that's not hard. Yeah. You know, it's the best It's the best job. So I, I need to make sure that I'm always ticking those little boxes about that I'm doing the work and that I'm prepared and that I'm grateful. Well, that's not hard and I agree with you 100%. Again, another observation I make of you, Brad, is, is that you make yourself accessible to people, which quite a lot of people that do similar roles to you um, certainly keep themselves a, a distance from from fans and from from other other things. There, what, what's the impetus behind that, and, and you know, how important is humility to you? Well, I have the opportunity to actually give someone a great day, and not the fact it's me, mm. but you know, I can take a kid onto a field and kick a footy with him, and he will he will remember that for the rest of his life. Like oh, I remember meeting Steve Eller and having a photo with him and I remember the shoes I had on still and I remember where it was at and I remember the footy I had in my hand and, you know, they're things that are just etched into my brain. The times when the crowd get involved, like I can, sometimes I can really, you know, make a kid's day. That's a, that's a really, um, you know, for me to be able to do that, the, what I get out of that is, you know, amazing. You know, it's a huge, it's a huge lift. So, just having the ability to be able to do that to someone is incredible. So, and I, I've had I've had kids there, and you know, like huge crowds of thirty and forty thousand mm-hmm. putting bombs up to them, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you can see, you know, like and of course, they're kids. They they sort of you can see and go through the times where they actually forget about the crowd, and you know, as they get a bit older, they start to get a bit paranoid. But when they're young, they forget the crowd and they're in the moment, and, and we have an amazing time together. So. Yeah, I get as much kick out of that as they do. That, that, that's an extremely powerful message is, yeah. f- from a couple of perspectives as far as not just from you, Freddie, but for everyone is is that, you know, being kind is free, right? It doesn't cost you a cent. Mm. And the actual yeah. hormonal impacts of that, because <laughs> we know that the, the impacts of stress hormonally costing people's lives, right? Mm. Well, what you're doing is the exact opposite. And people fail to recognise that by simply being grateful or being kind or or doing mm. that or, or having a bit of fun with someone, that changes the hormonal balance in a positive way. So that that's that's such a powerful message. Yeah. Well, I read a lot of that stuff. I, I thought I – we're always pretty good like that at the Roosters, you know, with our fans, and I thought we were pretty generous at times. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that come from mostly growing up in Penrith or whatever it did, but – you know, then read a lot about it. You know, it just encourages you to do it more. With a coach in the New South Wales, you actually comes without the power to be able to even give more. You know, with the bike rides or whatever we do, you know, you can actually go down with other people and uh, create events and, you know, it's sort of the, the benefit you get back from it, yeah. you know, just for organising some stuff is amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's the mathematics is... Well, it's too simple not to keep doing it and mm. be at the forefront of everything you do. Yeah, I think it's such a powerful message. My, my story, as you mentioned, Fred, you know, it's etched in kids' lives forever. You know, I've got a story mm-hmm. when I was in Year 7 at high school and, and Western Suburbs players come and visited and before they were leaving, I ran up to one to, oh, can you, can you sign my footy? 
And he sort of just rushed off and, and brushed it and said, no, that feeling there was etched in my life now. And I can still, I can still remember it to the T of what he said, no, mate, I'm, I'm off. And he just walked off. And I was yeah, just, yeah. that's still there. So it is, it, it, you're etching people's or kids' lives through, through just a small, small moment like that. Roy Simmons always said a good thing as well. He said, the day they start, they stop asking for your autograph is the day it's over. So <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad mentality to have because, like, honestly, the job, my life hasn't been that hard. You know, I was sort of lucky enough to be good at footy and then things have rolled off from that. But, yeah, if you can keep a bit of that humility in the day they stop asking for your autograph, because people always say, oh, don't that drive you mad? And no, Lana Brickett drives me mad. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going out with those blokes out there at the moment who are out there working, if I had to go and lay bricks every day, that would drive me mad. So, no, it doesn't drive me mad. In your hunger to learn more, Fred, and again, that, that just was flying out of the... The screen right now at us. What, what, what are you? Where, where's your focus now? What are you reading, or what are you listening to? Where, where's your focus now? Well, because uh, the footy thing's kicking back in, I just I tend to sort of just I do more audio books now than sitting yeah, reading. Likewise, yeah. yeah, I just you know. <laughs> so, which, so much what, what are you listening to? I just finished The Seven Habits again. I reckon I've read it twice and listened to it again. And then I've got a Simon Sinek book at the moment that I've just started, uh, Simon Sinek Audible. He's uh, he's really good. He's got some great messages. And uh, what's this one called? It's called oh, – I've got my phone. Right. Have you got your phone with you? Mate, this is this is like Origin Camp. There's no phones here, mate. <laughs> you can't be serious. Well, the funny thing is the phone is nearly – not only it's the worst, it's the best. It, I don't have yeah. to go to an office. It's amazing what it can do. That's the, that's the bad thing about the phone. It's called the infinite game. It's, he talks about long-term success and about building – a bit of it's about business, but he talks about long-term success and about how, you know, building the trust and all that sort of stuff and making people feel safe. As coaching gets closer, I tend to just listen to a few of them. But as soon as the coaching's over, I sort of tend to listen to nothing, you know. Go back and where I just – Try to do nothing, nothing. Obviously, you're looking at players now for origin. Like I know you look deeper than just performance on field. What what do you look for in potential players representing the Blues? You know, we sort of we sit around every week and talk about who's going good, and we have numbers to back it up. Normally, uh, we do. We have like you know, we have our own little um, little geek who just sort of puts numbers into computers and the numbers we like and. Spits out a spits out a like a a number for effort. And so you know, I love doing that every week. We just sit down there and just how accurate that works. And then especially players that you've been picked and you like. And yeah, I love watching them go good. So what about the the book by Freddie Fitler? That is uh, the well being book, mate. What's it called? And what's uh, the opening chapter? Yeah, best. That's it. Best. I like it. And it's not about being your best. It's about giving yourself a, just a half crack, you know. Like if you if you got a if you got a breathing routine, if you drink water, if you got good sleep, and you talk to people, you give yourself yeah, a good chance. Such a powerful message. Love the it. basics. Get the basics. You know, it's a bit like we we coach like that, you know. We we coach basics. Yeah. Catch the ball. Get on side. Chase a kick. You know, real basic messages, and but let's see how good we can do. Them. And if you do them good, you normally win. So 
every day and every session is based around those sort of four things. Staying calm, being hydrated, fill your day and make sure you sleep well and let's talk while we're awake. Well, it kind of answers the last question does, we, nor- we yeah. normally ask people is, yeah. is that what are your, what are your, your, your key tips to, to give someone? But, again, I, th- I almost think it's worthwhile. I, I know it sounds like a bit of a broken record, but really repeating that because I think it would be easy for people to brush past that, that what, what you're sharing there, Freddie, of going, I'll just mm. breathe. If you could just go maybe, again, a little further into each each of those acronyms, that would be fantastic because I, I think there's there's a lot. If, if you didn't take anything out of this, anything else out of this this chat we've had, to understand what that can do and the impact it can have on your life and the people around you, I think that's pretty powerful. The first thing you do when you're born, what's the first thing? You take a breath, you know. If you spoke to anyone at the moment, you know, 99% of the people, the least focus they would have would be on their breath. You know, like how ungrateful is that? <laughs> so, you know, and there's, there's, these days there's a thousand different ways you can do it, you know, between, you know, if you just want to sit and, sit and breathe or do the Wim Hof stuff or the Nam Baldwin stuff, there's a thousand different ways you can just do some sort of little breath exercises. So I try to do them as early as I can. You know, my morning, pretty much by 9 o'clock nearly, I've ticked all those things off. That's very important. You know, that's so important. And then, you know, we're, the first year we played Origin, uh, we used to do some breathing. When the boys come down, the first thing we do is we just do some breathing together. And, you know, the more people you can have do it, obviously it becomes more powerful, even if yeah. we only do it for normally a minute or two minutes. So, you know, it doesn't have to be huge, you know. It's just you can just take time out every day just to show it a little bit of respect. But we had silly Jimmy Maloney running around, you know, like we're becoming yeah, a scrum. He's a bit of a pest. <laughs> yeah, he can be, you know, but like yeah. the funny thing is with Jimmy, you can be you can be a pest, but, you know, you can drive a message as well. That's true. We're having scrums in the middle of 90,000 people in Melbourne and, you know, we're behind on the scoreboard and he's run to the scrum saying everyone just breathe. Mm. You know, most people will be saying, what move are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, you had your leader going, let's breathe, just breathe. And it worked. So that's incredibly important. The second one is hydration. If you just understand the moment you, you lack hydration, your body goes into stress and all you need is water. And in Australia, water's for free. So the first one costs nothing. The second one costs nothing. Uh, you can go like, well, you can go 50 days without food, mm. but Can't if you went three water. days without water, you're dead. How government allow like Red Bull and drinks like that to be consumed by kids, it's just criminal. You know, like what that does to their body, and you know, even cokes and stuff, and you know, they all have their place powers and Gatorades and different. Cheaper different than a drinks. bottle of water. So you know, government again, it's very hard to fight because those things are designed to work on your brain, the chemicals in your brain. So yeah. once you start dealing with them, it's very hard to convince kids that they're not that good. But anyway, yeah. so water, um, sleep is the uh, the third one. Uh, yeah, out of all of them, sleeps. That's the one where you do all your recovery. So everything you do during the day, everything you listen to, everything you see, everything you, you're training, everything. So, you know, if you've got a problem, sleep's the answer. You know, sleep's the one where you recover. And, you know, if you've got a physical problem. And I remember Ian Schubert, one of the fellows I do the riding with, uh, he got hit by a car yeah. and lost his foot. 
So they had a bloke who just come back from the army. They were going to cut it off. Now, the bloke who just come back mm. from the army and said, look, I think I can fix you. So he sewed his foot up. Sure, he said to me, well, what do I do now? He said, mate, if you could sleep every minute of every day for the next month, that's the best yeah. thing you can do. You know, your body just does what it does while it's asleep. And that's why, you know, sleeping good, you know, like if there's – you can sleep and still have bad sleep, you know. So things like phones and all that sort of stuff, you just got to – you just got to get off them before you go to sleep, simple as that. So yeah, sleep's great. very important. And the last one's talking. You know, we spoke about that. Talking's like the atomic bomb, you know. When you're under stress, uh, if you can just talk to someone, there's just facts around, you know, halving your problems. And uh, the thing I talk to my kids about is, you know, try to walk towards that uncomfortable feeling and, and talk mm-hmm. if you can. You know, instead of walking away from that uncomfortable feeling, walk towards it and attend to it and talk to it or communicate or whatever the problem is. Certainly so males, in it, in it, Fred, we tend to you yeah. know, try and keep things in, especially in professional sport, you know, hard, go hard, 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 don't talk about your feelings, all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So that's a that's a great one. Just, just I think walk. both now. I think women and men are only morphing into each other. So true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird, you know, like all the movements going on at the moment, I'm not sure which movement's going where, but um, everyone seems to be nearly morphing into each other. So as long as you're happy, but... Yeah, talking's the one, you know, like it frees up so much weight on your shoulders. It's incredible. Yeah, there's a really good saying that um, those who have tough conversations live easy lives. Right. Now, that's just the best saying, you know, if you can just walk towards that tough conversation. Uh, most of the time, whoever you want to talk to wants to talk about it anyway. So that would be, you know, one of the greatest tips or something I could give someone is just go and have the conversation, be calm, get to the bottom of it. It makes you sleep better. Brad, what I'd like to do is thank you for joining us today. And I I just want to give you a compliment on the way out is is that it's great to share wisdom. That's that's fantastic. And, And you've done a lot of that today. But making wisdom accessible that's a, mm. that's a gift and you know we there's a lot of great information available to us all right that that can be absorbed left right and center if, if you want to read the book or whatever but you know having someone like yourself to make the the, the the wisdom that you've shared today accessible to everyone whether they be a 10 year old kid or a 90 year old adult uh, I think that's a really powerful thing and, a, and an asset and something that we're grateful you shared with us today yeah cool. Thanks, Fred. Have a great day. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Appreciate it. What's that ocean? There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Change Room Podcast, a whiff of well-being with Minnie and Matt. For more information about the Change Room, please head to thechangeroom.info.